Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. Good morning, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Good to be back. Yeah. Today, we're wrapping up our series on the way of Christianity. What a journey. Yes, what a journey it's been. It's only just beginning. So we've been looking at the example of the New Testament church, specifically in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. And we're coming towards the end of that passage. And one of the things that stands out is how that community of Jesus followers in Jerusalem, they grew in their generosity towards others and in their favor, both both within the, the community and with people that were not believers in Jesus. They just were generally very likable. And so the question this morning is, as we think about that, you know, I, I reflect on that for our modern society, and it seems like a lot of people don't really like Christians. Uh, and that's just kind of the way it is, right? Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, and maybe for a good reason, some people feel like Christians are always trying to cram their religion down their throats or they want to help them, but only if you come to our church or our congregation or you come to our Bible study and it's kind of a bait and switch kind of a relationship. Yeah. It's always with strings attached. But when I read about this church in Acts chapter two, I don't see that in their generosity. It seems like they're working from a position of abundance that God is just providing everything and they're just freely just giving away all these things and people love it. And people are coming in, in droves to come and join this community. Without conditions. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, unconditional, yeah. So the, I guess the question for me this morning is, how have you guys seen that kind of generosity and favor in your own life? So I think back to the time when I was a student in university and there was a lovely lady about in her 60s or 70s who was always at the front counter of the cafeteria and she would always be there every morning, every lunch, welcoming students in the cafeteria. And whenever people ask her, you know, how are you this morning? And she would reply in her, you know, Southern US accent, I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah. And there was this radiance that just spills out of her. She welcomes people with a smile. I don't think I've ever seen her with a frown on her face. And it's so inviting. It's so welcoming. It's almost like, you know, welcome to the cafeteria. Welcome to a place where you can be nourished physically. But also, as soon as you see her smile and you hear her greet you and welcome you, it's spiritually, emotionally nourishing. Almost as if she's declaring how God has favored her and that favor now out into everyone whom she greets. And it, it's, so, it's so easy to like her. And when you talk to her, you feel that she likes you back. Wow. What an amazing ministry. Yeah. Like the hundreds of students that she sees every day and she's able to bless them with that. Yeah. And so it, she's so significant. She's so iconic that it got to the point above the entrance to the cafeteria, there is now a sign that says, blessed and highly flavored. Which flavor. is the best <laughs> sign you can put. Yes. Wow. So favor and flavor. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. Well, my, my story is a little similar. It also takes place in a canteen, but it took place in my school canteen where I was teaching. So in my school, we had time for teachers and students to you know, get to know each other just one-on-one. -on -one. So many of us gathered in a canteen. And I had a friend who was very generous. So sometimes he would buy the students a drink. And so it came one day where one of our school leaders actually took him aside and said, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You, know, you shouldn't be buying students drinks and showing them extra favor. And he was like, oh, why? You know, but I, I do this for every student. Then she said, 
But what about all the other teachers who don't do that for the other <laughs> students? You're making them look bad, you know? In a way, you're spoiling the market. And <laughs> so he went away feeling really sad. He shared this with me and, and I felt really sad too. It almost seemed as if there was going to be a glass ceiling on mm. our generosity and all that from a place of fear that there's not going to be enough. Yeah, that scarcity mindset. Yeah. Wow, wow that's powerful. For me, I have two examples, both gentlemen that were elders in congregations in the U.S. at different times when I was studying in university and graduate studies, one in Tennessee and one in Mississippi. And both men, by their own right, were probably two of the wealthiest men in their respective states. You would never know that by the way that they carried themselves, the, the kind of houses they had, the kind of cars, very humble, but they were always looking for ways to bless other people. Uh, and me as a lowly college student going to these congregations, it was very often, you know, like almost to the point of like every two or three weeks, these men would like pass me some money. Here's some money for your Whoa, fuel, fuel okay. for the car or <laughs> take your, like at the time, my fiance, Rebecca, take her out Whoa. on a date, <laughs> things like that. So it's like, it's like getting an Ang Pao envelope, like every, yeah. every one or two uh -huh. weeks, you know, it's like so incredible. But these men were capable of doing that because of the means that they had, but they were always seeking out. And it wasn't just me because I was some undergraduate student, like working part-time ministry. It was, they were always looking for someone to take out to a meal or in looking for ways that they could help and bless other people. But it was very quiet. It. You know, you would have to look for them and watch them to see those types of things happening. And for me, that's always left an impression on me for people who are so wealthy and yet they still operate out of this abundance mindset. Because we often think of people who are that wealthy, it's because they have a scarcity mindset mm. that they hold on to everything. And that's why mm. they're able to get so rich, you know, accumulate wow. so much wealth. But these guys were counterintuitive to that because they'd like live the opposite life. So how has the way of generosity and favor shaped your faith, your Christian walk? For me, I think it's called me to live in that biblical story of abundance and not scarcity, you know, living in the garden where everything is already provided for. And actually in, in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, we see the same kind of language being used to paint a picture of abundance. And, and that's exactly what's happening in the book of Acts or so. Yeah. So for me, if the early Christians lived in that garden story, then perhaps I should too. I should believe that uh, everything is going to be provided for by the great creator, the great provider, the great table spreader. I don't need to worry about having more. I don't need to worry about, you know, if I give some money to uh, a person, hey, is that person going to use it wisely? Right. You know, is he going to use it to buy cigarettes and drugs? You know, maybe, maybe we should be careful about some situations where it's obviously like that. But in others, maybe we should have the benefit of the doubt, you know, maybe we should be generous. Yeah, I agree. And along those lines, I would also add to that, coming back to how, how we started the podcast, is the idea of, you know, I don't have to be generous with strings attached. I can work from that mindset of abundance and just give because I've been blessed. But it's a little hard, you know, because in our society, we're so concerned about accountability. Mm. And we're mm. so concerned about accounting as well, you know, like, if I give you some money, are you now indebted to me? And, you know, where's the line drawn? What's my return on investment? Yeah, something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so some ways we do kind of have to draw a boundary there with our agency and recognize at this point, when I give this money or whatever to this other person, that's setting a boundary. Like at that point, my agency and this transaction ends and now their agency begins. They're responsible. They can be responsible to God. They don't have to be responsible to me because I'm not God. Yeah, circling back to what Kyle, you were saying at the beginning, how Christians sometimes have this reputation of being, well, not very likable because of the conditions. I feel like 
when I meet people who are not Christian and I introduce myself as, oh, I'm working full-time in a church as a minister, there is this sense of guardedness, uh, sort yeah. of light in their eyes that goes like, oh, uh, should I be expecting certain... Uh, Invitation to in, yeah, something. Exactly. Right, yeah, exactly. Should I be expecting the terms and conditions to start coming as we carry on the conversation? Are you going to start judging my language and so forth? And what I have found is that by living into this biblical story of favor, of how we have received unconditional favor from God through Jesus Christ, how his sacrifice has poured out into us. And like that cafeteria lady who does not need to be greeted back, but she just pours out this Mm. radiant favor to everyone who enters. I can do that to these people as well. I feel like in that conversation, I don't have to keep harping on, oh, you know, I'm a full-time minister and therefore I need to tell you this and that. And I need to convert you by the end of this conversation. There's, I don't feel that. In these conversations, I feel like I can see these as people whom God has still created and I can spend the whole one hour, two hour conversation just enjoying being with them, learning their story and then leave that conversation and I could have never referenced the Bible but living and showing the gospel. Yeah, so back to the agency thing. If they then hear the call, then that's their invitation from Jesus to answer. Yeah, and it's almost like if you really believe that God is abundant and generous, you don't feel like you need to do everything, you know, because God will do it for you. God is the one doing the work, not you. Yeah. Right, yeah. And in some ways, it seems a little counterintuitive. What, you want me to stop talking about the Bible to Mm. people? Well, no, not necessarily, but you don't have to force it down somebody's throat. And in doing so, you might actually garner more favor with those people and you'll be more likable and they'll want to spend more time with you. And as they do that, guess what? They're going to see Jesus in you and they're going to want to be like that. So today, as we think about generosity and favor, you don't have to be one of the richest people in your community to be a person who works out of a mindset of abundance and generosity and garnering favor and likability with other people. Just show other people the love of Jesus. And in doing so, then you're practicing the way of generosity and favor. That's all we have this week on the Theology Podcast. See you next time.